0: The show is dedicated to Neil Petrucci, a good friend that cared about me. Well, I am back. You thought you got rid of me. You thought I was just going to leave it to Jack and pod fade into October. No, you are wrong. I am here. Hambo is here to give you the October podcast of the Ham Palace. And uh, I got a lot of topics. As always, I have uh, movies to talk about, um, TV shows. I usually watch around Halloween time. Um, But before I go into all that, I always feel that Halloween time... You gotta, you gotta get that costume early. You gotta get that done early, because the countdown clock really begins, really begins in September. Um, because, save you don't find the whole costume in one go at your spirit store or wherever, then you have to find pieces of it as you go. And say you're working your for, your FTJ, the full-time job, or close enough to it. You got you got to scratch at that time after work to go to your your local shops, your costume shops, your disguise shops, your magic shops, what have you. I like to go to a little shop called the Salvation Army and uh, get some basic. Uh, Jackets or pants or uh, I, I, you'll you'll be amazed what you find in a Salvation Army for your Halloween needs uh, and for your filmmaking needs too. I've always found those kinds of uh, shops an asset to making costumes. Also, Army Navy surplus stores; those are always great. Find uh, props for costumes. Um, but the countdown clock is, it, it's here. And uh, we got about, we're closing in in about a week to Halloween. And again, uh, the struggle is always real to find a Halloween party to go to as well. So you got that. So you get yourself the costume and you're looking all spiffy. And, uh, and uh, you know. You're looking all spiffy in your zombie costume or what have you. Um, and you got no party at the end. Because you spend all the time trying to get your costume together. Not thinking about, well, I have to actually have a party to go to. So it gets a little tricky there, see. So uh, I always advise everybody, and myself included, which is a little tough this year. This, this year I'm um, going as uh, the Govna the governor from Walking Dead because I've gotten back into the Walking Dead show because I get sick of everyone talking about it and the, and the trailers for the new seasons spoiling everything. so I, I you know I got back into that really got into that show quite a bit. Um, past I think past the third season. You know, they're still in that, that prison. And uh, that season with the governor, the showdown was really good. Um, David Morrissey. Morrissey, ha, 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 He does an excellent job as the villain in that. Because you actually have some sympathy for the guy. Um, spoilers, spoilers. Um, but uh, he, you see that he's running a town... In the middle of Zombie Land, and uh, it's like a really nice little downtown where everyone can live. And they have the whole uh, street surrounded by a fence and they keep the zombies out. And uh, they they you know they have their, their classes, they they go to their jobs and all that. And it's like a little bit of Americana in Zombie Land, and the governor runs it. Well, sooner or later, the old sheriff, uh, Rick, and, and his boys, they, they they run into that place. And, and uh, you know, one of uh, the people on their team, uh, used to be on the team, one of the, one of the lovely ladies, uh, she falls in love with the governor. And uh, she doesn't find out that the man has uh, zombie heads in his basement. She doesn't find out that the man uh, has a undead daughter locked up. Oh, but he puts on a good charade. Charade or charade um, to everybody as as the man that's going to lead the humans or the remaining uh, human beings into normalcy while he's slowly kind of losing his mind. He's a really great villain. Um, I'm going to stop there because I really don't want to I don't want to go on and and spoil the rest of uh of, of the plot but uh there's there's a conflict uh between Rick uh the sheriff and and the governor and 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 uh there's there's losses on both sides of the fence um literally and figuratively and uh I yeah and then the next season picks up, and it's uh, it's kind of like starting over. Both parties are starting over, and uh, that's kind of where I'm at. And, uh, and uh, yeah, the show has kind of won me, re-won me over. Um, that's not like I had much of a problem with it. I just have more problem with the, the overhype of the show is that no matter where you go, you're seeing something about The Walking Dead. It's much like Game of Thrones where it's like <laughs> you can't get, go anywhere without hearing or seeing some kind of spoilers. And just recently they had a big uh, spoiler um, that almost, it's fairly closely, very closely getting out through TV and and, and social media um uh, so I I, I got to be really careful what I what I uh, read here because I'm trying to get caught up. I'm still like pff, I don't know, two or three seasons behind. You can't marathon that show. You'll 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 kill yourself. It's just it's too damn depressing. Uh, to uh, watch like ten episodes in a row. Um, at least not without me- heavy medication. <laughs> um. This this is a good transition. I just started rewatching The Mist on Amazon. And uh that was a good movie. I enjoyed watching that uh the first time. It's been a little while since I watched watched it again. So it's funny how early on I noticed now a lot of the same actors that are in The Mist are in The Walking Dead as main characters. And uh, I think that's a huge has to do with a lot of that. Has to do with Frank uh, think Frank Darabont. Um, I think I said that right. Frank Darabont. Well, correct me if I don't get that name right. Um, the uh, screenplay writer, and I think I think he might have directed The Mist, but he he writes a lot. He he adapts a lot of uh, of Stephen King's uh, works, and he. He wrote a lot of the Walking Dead episodes, so it's funny how how such a popular show like The Walking Dead has such recognizable actors now, and in The Mist, they were just kind of like, a lot of them were just starting their careers, or early in their careers still. Um, who knows, Baby Thomas Jane will make an appearance in The Walking Dead, or <laughs> some of the other ones. Uh, I you know I can't complete. I don't write off Thomas Jane. I don't think he's I don't think he's a a, a bad leadi- leading man. Um he has his own charisma going on. Um he's been in some movies that, that have been hit and miss. Uh I think there's a lot worse you could do than Thomas Jane, I think. Uh, yeah, I think I think he just needs the right the right movie again to kind of get him back in the limelight uh yeah he's it's weird he 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 has a different hmm he does have a tough guy he can do a tough guy uh role but i don't know it's it's tough it's uh, action hero roles and lead roles are are such a unique thing and hold on, let me adjust the the mic here. And uh, there's such a unique thing; it's like you either got it or you don't. Um, and like, say Bruce Willis has his own kind of personality that he interjects in his roles, and same with Mel Gibson. And uh, it, it's hard. It's I think you have to be a combination of. Unique personality. And, um, along with good enough acting chops to be that, uh, that action lead. And, uh, people have to like you, you have to be funny, you gotta be, you gotta be cool in in, in a way that's kind of undefinable, um... Even, even Jean-Claude Van Damme and Arnold, you know, you could just say, well, they're athletic, they're just muscles and not much of else, but I disagree because um, even they have some personality that they bring to the table of, of their roles and, and a natural kind of charisma and uh, uniqueness aside from their accents. The way they move, the way they say things, inflections, you know, and I, I think a lot of today's action stars. Um, I don't think Jason Statham's that bad. I think he's kind of won me over over the years because he just he doesn't give up. He keeps doing these, and he and he can he can act, um, but I think he's not he's not as. Uh, he doesn't have something about him that that stands out as much as Jean-Claude or or Seagal you know he's more of a straight straight man Um, but uh, athletically he's always been really talented and uh, you know I give him a lot of props uh, over the years even though it's he keeps doing action movie after action movie and it's like well I, it's for some reason I can't get that motivated to go see them, and and I I love action movies, but you know I don't know. It, it takes a certain kind of charisma to uh, get my butt out of the seat and be like, yeah, I definitely want to go see a movie with that person, you know. Uh, anyway, I'm, I'm I'm veering way off the the theme of, of this podcast here. Uh, so, the October. The struggle is real to uh, have a satisfying October, a satisfying Halloween. Um, always on the lookout for parties and things to do that involve a costume. Uh, over the years, especially after post college, I find that the parties, as far as and as few a few between, become a lot smaller and a lot more intimate. <laughs> that could have to do with not branching out enough with uh, finding new friends, or or just uh, you know, as just kind of the consequence of getting older, but yeah everyone kind of starts to do their own thing and get settled down get married and 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 not not take uh and take life you know actually i should say take life a little bit more seriously <laughs> as opposed to partying and taking it less seriously um books let's move off the topic of movies because. I think I've gone over the Monster Squad before, uh, which is always a great, fun Halloween one to watch movie to watch, and The Shining, you know, which I just recently watched a few months ago. Um, one of the books I read last year was uh, called The Halloween Tree uh, by Ray Bradbury. Uh, I had a a small chance to go see Ray Bradbury before he died, like. Maybe I think this one might have been six months or a year before he passed. He was having like a a signing when when I was in California. And uh, I was so angry because I wanted to go. And I'm like, it's just one of those things where if you don't schedule, if you don't write it down, you know, and especially if you don't have the money to drive over to where that person is, you're screwed. So it was a combination of I didn't write it down, I either had to work, I didn't take it off, or I didn't have enough money to go. I still kick myself in the butt for not going to see him because the man was was a legend. Um, I grew up reading a lot of his books, like Fahrenheit 451, Something Wicked This Way Comes. But anyway, the one I'm going to talk about is The Halloween Tree. And it's about uh, a group of kids um, that they... uh, they find this mysterious uh, house with this mysterious man that lives in there. And he, uh, he kind of kidnaps him for a little bit in a way. <laughs> and takes him on a journey through the history of Halloween. But it's done in a very uh, fun kind of uh, supernatural uh, way. And it's kind of poetic too. And um, I have two versions on audibles. I have the um, the one narrated by uh, Belky from Perfect Strangers. Um, I can't remember that guy's name, so I just going to say Belke, which he does a great job. He also narrates um, uh, The Eyes of the Dragon by Stephen King. But uh, And then the other version I have is the actual radio. It's like a radio play of it, which is excellent, too. Um, so you have, like, uh, it's like an old radio drama acted out and uh, it's with sound effects and uh it, it's neat so i I recommend that if you're if you want to listen to anything or read anything this halloween um I'm also listening to uh or reading uh for the first time uh cujo cujo uh because I've always loved the movie when i was a kid i always <laughs> i always loved how over the top the the scene with the dog outside of the car was and uh that's a really heavy movie to watch when you're a kid <clears throat> just cuz the dog's so relentless in it it just keeps going and uh that's that's definitely one of my favorite horror movies growing up and I should give that another watch but listening to the book is is a lot it's been a lot of fun um king really has his style where he kind of goes into the uh uh the explanations behind some of the personalities in this uh in castle rock and uh some of it's so style so king uh the way he goes into some of these uh uh uh, mannerisms of some of these people and why they do the things they do and uh one guy collects business cards and he's just uh he's got like a he's obsessive compulsive about it (laughs) and he He's just he has a thing, and he uses them for bookmarks. And I'm like, man, I use business cards for bookmarks all the time. You know, I think that's one of the strengths of King is that he uses a lot of probably things from his own personal life, and he put he puts them in the characters, and it's very relatable. You know, and uh, um, there seems to be a lot of uh, a lot of buildup. Uh, with some of the supporting characters, he spends a lot of time with them, maybe a little bit too much, and gets away from the the dog and uh but i 'm looking forward i 'm still early on in the book I got like ten hours to go or eleven hours so it's a it 's a fun halloween uh themed uh or scary book to read i guess um, anyway let 's get to what i 'm going to uh Pardon me as I, uh, you know, uh, advertise, uh, uh, I should say, uh, what's a, what's the word I'm looking for when a guest comes on? Uh, not press, but I'll just say for the sake, I, I'm going to, uh, advertise or, or talk about, um, my story called uh, the Halloween store and uh, there's no beating around the bush with that title it just tells you straight up what the what you're going to be reading um, basically I'll give you kind of the premise or log line um, a group of uh, sales reps um, fresh you know out of pretty much out of out of school high school somewhere out of high school uh some out of college and some and one particular person is is new to the city of, of uh burbank california and um he works it's from the uh point of view of this this person that's new to the the, the state he works in in the halloween store is like his first job there and uh uh, all the the sales reps get to dress up in the costumes to help sell sell them on the floor. Well, as the store picks up and, and they get busier busier into the season, um, strange things start start to happen in the store, and uh, things start to come alive, and people start to be missing. They, they turn up missing. So one by one, the, the, the sales reps are going bye-bye, and uh, the owner has to constantly hire new ones, and uh, somehow um, these missing people slowly become part of the store, the Halloween store, and uh, that's all I'm going to tell you. And that um, I'm going to I'm going to tell you. Uh, check out uh, I have the all all parts. Well, I, I'm going to put up next two chapters soon on my blog, um, Griffin Tutoring uh which is where i put all my you know uh my a lot of my writing that i want to kind of put out there it's in it's kind of early still and i think it's my second draft of that so it's probably going to take on at least probably two more drafts uh before i get it published but uh jump on it now and, and read it while it's uh still on there um it's a lot of fun and it was inspired by uh Tales from the Dark Side, which was one of my favorite uh, horror uh, shows growing up, uh, I used to watch with one of my best friends, and we'd stay up. I think we'd watch it after Saturday Night Live, and uh, it's what's uh, inf- one of the influences. Uh, I think it was the one where the guy hides. Uh, like all these people in town owe this guy, uh, he's like a Scrooge in the middle of town. They owe him money or owe him debts, but he promises to pay off, like to forgive the debts if, if he has, if they if their kids come to his house and and survive uh, the night without you know at his haunted house without screaming and, and running away, and it's 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 actually one of their more more famous ones. I like it. Um, but I always thought I liked the style of it. I liked the music involved. Um, this, this, there's always a certain sense of tackiness, <laughs> cheesiness. And, and, but sometimes it, there's that low-budget atmosphere to these shows that I can appreciate. And it, heck, it seems to take on its own aesthetic as a, as a TV show. Um, I think it has a lot to do with probably uh, George Romero and some of the writing, um, too, that it kind of can shine through even though it has a low, low cheesy uh, budget. Um, they make the best with what they have. And it, you know, shot on film, you know, back then. Um, so when I wrote The Halloween Store, I'm like, well, I want to do a horror story but you know, how far do I want to go with the gore? And Tales from the Dark Side seemed to do a lot more with less because it was on TV. You could only do so much. So it's kind of that middle ground between that and gore, extreme gore, gore of horror 80s movies. So I try not to overdo it with that and kind of just ride the, the thrills and, and the suspense and the, the atmosphere And let that drive the story a little bit more. Um, It might not be uh, some people's cup of tea, but I kind of wanted to go with it because I always wanted to write a story about that since I've worked on a couple Halloween stores. What else? What else? What else? Um, I'll probably start wrapping this one up just to get it done. I might have a part two Because I do I am trying to get two podcasts out a month here uh, I'm gonna Okay, well uh, Life lesson um, And this might be looked at as, as kind of a downer I'm trying to kind of look at it As a part of life uh i went i i had to go uh see a friend of mine that i haven't seen in in, in some years and uh my mom told me go see him and, and visit him he was in the hospital and uh he's he was uh he wasn't doing too too good in fact he was uh the doctors wanted him to go home, and, and they only gave him so much time to live. So I was called in to go to go see him because he, uh, you know, he wanted uh, to see me over, you know, and he talked about me, and, uh, and like, hey, how's he doing, kind of a thing, I, I, I think, and, and I just felt guilty that I never made the time to go see the guy, even when I came back home from whatever state i was living in and i didn't make the time to go visit him again and even though he was a nice man um he was uh my uh my ex-stepfather's brother and uh we got along great whenever we'd come over his house he would serve ice cream and, and you know he was very funny guy uh uh very easygoing and uh we would play pool in this basement and it was a nice atmosphere and uh his, his family was, was always nice to me and uh i got to tell you uh going to see somebody when you know that you might not see him again is a uh, a different way i've had to experience uh, someone's passing or a death um, usually, people that have passed away in my life that I were clo- I was close to, they I either found out that they died and I was wasn't there, or um, I was far away, and uh, and that that definitely that definitely stinks too. That's that's tough too, but there's definitely something to be said about. Going to see someone when you when you know that they're they're probably uh, not going to be around too much longer, and that when you see them, that that's could be the last time you see them. And what do you say, uh, especially if you haven't seen that person in a long time, um, and 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 they're going through some process of, of uh, like. Keeping the pain away, they're on some kind of heavy medication or drugs. All I, I could say is that I, you know, I, I, you have to kind of just be there for the person and say, hey, I'm here. Uh, you are loved, you know, you are, you know, and, and just, uh, uh, just be as real as you can. And, um, <laughs> sometimes i i think just our presence uh of being with someone else that needs needs us is it can be enough uh i remember i was telling you guys about listening a little bit longer to people so they can get something off their chest or or complete their thoughts is sometimes beneficial for both both of you but uh this is <sighs> It, it was an extremely humbling experience for me, and uh, and uh, it was uh, something that it was the first time for me uh, doing that, and uh, uh, I don't know if that's going to be the last time I have to do something like that, but, uh, um, you know, it's... Uh, uh, it's he uh, he ended up passing uh just a couple days after that and oh, i guess the point i'm trying to make is don't let life's distractions of making money uh get get in the way of spending time with people that want to see you or that care about you or even if they—if you don't think that they or if you care about them in some way that's important to you spend the time to do it it trumps money, it trumps your job it trumps everything, every time And it, it's not easy for us to let go of of the routine of of uh you know of of, of the job or, or what have you you have to carve out the time uh we pay a consequence for everything we do good and bad and uh I would meant to see this person before, and i just i didn't give myself the time to properly see them when see this person when I when he was healthy and uh, it wasn't uh wasn't easy for me. It's I don't know if it's going to be easy for me. Um. Uh, yeah, let's just we'll we'll stop there. Sorry to bring it down on on a on a note like this, but uh I I just felt like I had to get it off my chest and uh Yeah, I'm going to try to have a part two of the Halloween uh, special here just to bring you guys back up to speed here and uh, get some laughs going again, maybe. Um, i will talk about maybe some horror comedies uh, or something of that that nature. Uh, Maybe we'll revisit the monster squad. You know, Wolfman's got nards. Wolfman's got nards. Anyway, uh... Everybody have long days and pleasant nights.